Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb, and each week I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. And I am so glad that you're listening today. Today, during this episode, you're going to learn about how we can transform our manuscript into a message. So from manuscript to message, that's our focus. You know, if you write, you're going to be asked to speak. What if you had a way to let your manuscript do most of the work? Knowing how to craft a message that transforms your audience from listeners to readers is priceless. Every writer needs to hear this episode. It will increase the reach of your message and positively influence your bottom line. My industry expert today is Mary R. Snyder. Mary is a speaker, coach, podcast host, and event and tour producer. She spent the past 20 years on the stage, behind the stage, and booking and coaching some of the most influential speakers of our time. She has a heart to help the aspiring author craft the message of their book. Mary Snyder, it is just so great to have you here on Your Best Writing Life. Well, I am so honored to be here, Linda. I love what you do and who you serve. Thank you so much. And we're kind of in tandem with who we serve. I'm ready to kick this off. But I really like to take a peek behind the personal curtain of the guests that I have on. So, Mary, I'm going to ask you to kind of step out here a little bit. Would you share something about yourself that maybe we might not read about in your bio? Okay, something that's not in my bio. Well, the most recent something is I just got off tour. I did uh, 12 shows in, or I'm sorry, 10 shows in 12 days. And I was the host of the Encounter Tour featuring Lisa Turkhurst. Oh, that's fabulous. It was Oh, fun. an MC. You're right after my own heart. I love that. Anytime that we can get up and be the conduit, between mm. the messenger and the message and those that are going to receive it. That's such an excellent position to be in. That is so good. I also hear that you had an opportunity to live on a tour bus. <laughs> I did. I've done this several times in the work that I do. I've emceed several times. So, and I'm like you, I love being that conduit, that the person that is going to take care of the audience and lead them to that speaker. But yes, I live lived on a tour bus. So I spent 12 days on a tour bus. I have spent over two weeks before, but this time it was 12 days. And people are like, well, where do you sleep at night? On the bus, Linda. We sleep, we eat, we live, we do all of life on the bus. And it is like adult summer camp. You either love it or you hate it. And I love it. I think it's so much fun. I can tell that you're an individual that brings energy into whatever situation the Lord allows you time to spend. I could think of you in that camp time. I'm, I'm going back to summer camp and I'm yes. going, man, she'd either be the one that's on the bottom bunk, just really knocking up on the those of us on the top <laughs> bunk, or the one who's going to say, come on, everyone, let's go jump into the water. Absolutely. But, you know. Right? I mean, if we can't live life to the fullest of its extent, 
I don't think God would have given us the humor and the laughter and the joy and the wherewithal to encourage and empower others. And that is certainly something that you do. So I'm very happy that you're here with us today. Thank you. To empower our aspiring writers, but also, Mary, this is going to equip every writer. Yes. Those that have multiple books, those that are working on their first one, those that have a story, you don't necessarily have to have a book to have a message. Right. Our content, of course, for today is from manuscript to message. And that really is going to maximize what God has given you. So first off, how do you determine the best message to share? Well, the first thing I like to remind my authors is you're not going to share your entire 200 plus page book because typically you're not going to have enough time. You're usually going to have only 20 to 30 minutes. So I like to either do a portion. If you have written a book that has several different applications in it, then take one of your applications and make it your message. Or if your book has a theme that runs throughout, maybe your book's about forgiveness, you pull out one story and you build your message around that one story of forgiveness. Not your whole book, just the essence of your book. And it's, Linda, it's the thing that when people say, tell me about your book, it's where you go. It's that Mm -hmm. automatic return. Oh, let me tell you, I wrote a book about, and I wrote a book about God, Grace, and Girlfriends 150 years ago, or maybe it was not 150. It just feels like it. (laughs) But I would teach and, and, and I would share from just a portion of that book. And because I want people to buy my book, I don't want them just to listen to my, my message. I want them to listen to my message and be encouraged and transformed. And then also pick up that book to continue that transformation. And I can see how that works, Mary. That's one of the things that I highly recommend as well. People can even go through their chapters and they can pull out an element in that chapter Or as you said, that little passion point, that story that can expound into a journey for our listeners, shall we say. And when we capture them with story, they want to hear the rest Mm. of it. They're like, oh, this was so good. We don't hold back meat when we speak. What Mm -hmm. we do is we show them kind of the appetizer. Yes. And the rest of the meal, oh wow, it's it's available to you and we make it appealing enough that it's almost like serving dessert first maybe, but they don't <laughs> feel like they've missed anything and what they want to do then is I want to go in for the full. I must be hungry. I'm I'm using this metaphor of the food right now. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I'm sitting there visualizing all these different plates. <laughs> and, uh, but then, then what came in was my husband, my husband shares everything with me. And I go, well, where did that come into play? That's <laughs> right. He's always part of my stories, but being able to determine the best message is a key factor. And once we have it, then what are the elements we must have to have it be a well-crafted message? You nailed the very first one. It's story. Hmm. It's not okay. facts and statistics. You know, look at the greatest, the greatest story ever told. 
the story of the Bible. If you look mm-hmm. at the Bible, Linda, it's told in story form. Right. So think about number one is what is your story? I always want to start with a focal scripture or passage or a, a biblical theme around what you're going to be talking about, because we are messengers of the Lord. So your book already has that. So once you, you've got those pieces in place, then you're going to need an incredible opening. You're going to need a connection because you see, we're going to take that story from all about me, my story to the connection point. That's where I'm going to bring you into my story. And then we're going to go to the transformation of our story. And that's where God mm. shows up. And God, what did God do in my life? And how can he do it in the life of those listening? That's when we create the me, we, God. And then we're going to wrap it all up in closing. Now, that sounds really simple. And I would love to tell you it's really simple. It's not simple. More than likely, Linda, your listeners. I'm talking directly to your listener. You either have a book or you're working on a book or there's a book in your heart. There's a book somewhere. There's a book somewhere. So you know that writing a book is not a simple task. It's a working. It's a work you have to perform. The same thing with the message. But there's something I missed and I want to give this to you. It overarches everything and I call it the sticky statement. I used to call it. I used to call it tweetable phrases, but I took sticky statement from uh, Chip and Dan Heath and their book. Um, I think it's made to stick. And a sticky statement is short. It is concise and it is memorable. Um, one of mine is her success is not my failure. Mm, it, so good. It's a, it, but it also can be something as simple as um, made to crave. And you don't even, what does that mean? Well, if you heard the message, you know that it means we are created to crave Jesus. So mm-hmm. and your fish sticky statement, Linda, it's going to be so clunky and it's going to be messy and it's not going to be sticky. It's, it's just going to be a mess, but you have to start somewhere. And we always want to start in the messy. That's what I say about messages, start in the messy. But that sticky statement is something that is going to enable that person when they tell someone about your message a week later or a month later, that statement is how they'll be able to reveal what they learned. Mm. And I'm, I'm thinking of the sticky statement. I'm thinking of the numerous ways that we can create our sticky statement, would a good resource be individuals that are at, you know, individuals that are reading your book and you ask them, hey, can you pull out some quotes or what is what is your favorite part of the book? Can you send me something that really made a difference to you? Yes. Or even asking our readers or our Facebook friends, those on social media, asking them if you had one or two words that would really be me, what would it be? Yes. Is that something that we can do? Absolutely. Because I think sometimes or oftentimes we get so close to our work, we we don't see it anymore. 
Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love to do when I wrote uh, God, Grace and Girlfriend and then Authentic Girlfriends, I would go through and highlight pages on my book. I learned this from another another author, but she would go through and highlight every page of her manuscript. What was the one statement that jumped off the page? And she tried Ooh, like to find that. she tried to find one great quote or and it didn't have to be a full sentence. We're not looking for big lots of words, but a simple three or four words or a statement. But asking your readers to do that. Tell me something that jumped off the page. Cause Linda, if you're like me, I love on my books. I I am all over them. I am highlighting in them. I am red markering and putting little sticky notes. I love on my books. I get a lot of worth out of the money I spend on books. Mm. And I want my readers to do that too. Absolutely. So as you are preparing your manuscript, as you're writing, or if you have written, go back and read your own books Mm. and glance through there. What's highlightable? Like you said, ask your readers. What a great way to reach out to your readers and say, hey, I'm working on a project. Will you help me? I love those words. Will you help me? Because I think we, good. it's good words. Everybody wants to help someone. I think the world wants to help people. Absolutely, the world does. And it's you have not because you haven't asked. Isn't that and the truth? I think the enemy binds up our minds and mm. says, oh, no, you know, they're really busy or what you're asking is really doesn't have that much value. So don't bother people. And in my head, I go, or in my heart, I go, well, father would never speak to me like that. Right. He would never tell me that. He would say, I have placed other people in your life that have influence and that can share their knowledge because I've given them knowledge. Mm. And for us to be able to come together in community and not be fearful Right. That, oh, if I share this, then it's going to give someone else an idea. That's no, we're not no. about competition. We're about collaboration. Amen. And we're all about, right? And we're about helping one another. And in the process, we're all getting to the destination that God has set before us. But the journey can be so fabulous if we release the fear and just say, you know, I'm pulling up my pants leg. I'm going to wade right in the water with you. And this is what I see from your book that is fabulous. And this is something that I would remind others of. If we do that with one another, we are walking equipped as equippers. And Mm. I I don't know that I could think of a better thing to do writer to writer. I, I think that's a great opportunity. Well, and you know, if you're at a writer's conference or a speaker writer conference or networking with a group, offer to do it for them. Say, hey, I need this and I bet you do too. How about we swap? I'll read yours and send you some stuff and you read mine. I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I mean, like you said, we are co-laborers in this work, Mm -hmm. not competitors. Oh, I like that co-laborers. That is, that is who we are. This is great. All right. So we know that we have this, the elements that we need to include in our message. There's got to be an opening. Mm -hmm. How do you open a message? 
Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to share how not to open a message, which is the way I used to open (laughs) all my messages, Linda. I just need you to know that I would stand on the stage and go, Hey, I'm well, I'm sorry. I'm late. And there would always be a reason and, or I'm sorry, I'm not prepared. Always had a reason. And, and I know people do that because they're wanting to limit what the expectation is, but let me share with you what you do when we do that to our audience. They feel like a burden. It never mm. hit me until I was like, oh my goodness, I'm making them feel as if they're a burden. So don't do that. And then leave out all the nice words. You know, the ones when you walk on there, oh, thank y'all so much for having me. Isn't the church gorgeous? Aren't the people fabulous? That's all implied. We all assume that. So here's what I want you to do. When you step on that stage, I want you to plant your feet, take a deep breath, because we're all nervous when we step on the stage the very first time. Take a deep breath, let it out, smile, and launch into the middle of your story. Well, I have a story about an aneurysm. I had one. I'm okay. I survived. It's all good. I literally open with the phone call. Hey, Miss Snyder, we need to let you know that we got your test results back and you have a brain aneurysm. I was like, oh, a what? So I start right in the middle of the action. And that's where I want you to start. If you are telling a story where you ended up in the hospital or somebody you know ended up in the hospital, start right there in that hospital room. Not the two hours before. Well, I made a phone call and then this happened. Start in the middle of the action because here's what we know to be true. You have seven seconds to capture the attention of your audience. Seven seconds. Because in the palm of their hand, they have loads of entertainment. So you've got to be more exciting than an Instagram scroll. Just keep that in mind. And you want to captivate them. You want them to lean in and say, what's next? What happens next in this story? And that's how you open well. It's not, it's not with um, faults. Like you don't want to, you don't want to falsely lead them on, but you do want to captivate them and think about what captivates you. What kind of stories do you like? Some of the ways, if you don't have a big story, you may use this, ask a probing question or use this term. Imagine, imagine that you have the ability to make the world a better place today. Immediately, people are are starting to imagine what they would do. So those are just some easy ways. Imagine, ask a question, um, ask a question that is a little different. What if, Mm. fill in the blank, what if you could stop world hunger tomorrow? Would you? So those are some, some simple ways to open a message, but just remember, stand and start. No backstory. You can tell that later. I like that. Stand and start. It's, it truly is the, instead of the old, uh, ready, aim, fire, it's, it really is fire. Yeah. Just go. Because if you stand up and yell fire in a group, you have everyone's attention. If you stand up and you go, uh, excuse me, folks, uh, pardon me, uh, people in the back, anybody? Hi there. Okay. Everyone's eating. 
Um, mm. Hello. By that time, the buildings burned down. You know, Absolutely. We don't, we don't need that. Absolutely. So just jump up, breathe, yell fire. That that'll work. Now I wonder how many people will do that. That's I would hope. probably. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Linda. I feel like you and I together. We could we could possibly get in trouble. I just feel like yeah, that. I, I, I think we we'd probably burn the house down. Is what would happen. <laughs> So true. So true. <laughs> All right. So this is good. We know that we're going to start in the middle of the action. It's going to right. capture that attention. And that really does speak to me, Mary, because as a radio talk show host. Yes. Seconds are everything. Absolutely. If you don't, it, the tune out factor is so huge. Mm-hmm. Everything, every moment that you are communicating has to have an element of Hold it. Don't touch that dial. That's right. Don't press that button. What's coming next, you don't want to miss. And so we have to get them uh, sitting up in their seat as quickly as possible. And I can see how that would work. Start in the middle of the action. Then you can say two weeks before or whatever your story, however you want to get there from there. All right. So we know how we're going to open it. Well, then how do you close a message? Well, I'm going to go back to don't be like Mary or like Mary used to be. So I would, I literally would say, that's all I have. Thanks. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) or my my second one was I'm done now. So I was very gifted. You can see why I do this now because I needed me 25 years ago. Um, I love that. To close a message, there are several different effective methods. One is recap. If you did three points, recap your three points. I want to go over the B's of service, be available, be aware, you know, be anticipating, whatever. I just made those up off the cuff. But go over those three things. Go over what you just shared. And if you use the words in closing, please close quickly. Right. (laughs) You've sat in those audiences. I know you have. (laughs) Or somebody says in closing, and then they ramble on for 20 minutes. You're like, I thought this was the closing. (laughs) And then they'll say, as I close, (laughs) and then they'll say, (laughs) to wrap this up. And I'm going, you know what? We have not only closed the door, we've closed the building and we've wrapped up everything that's on the table. There's no one left in the building. There's no one left here. That's right. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And we don't necessarily have to say to summarize. No. We, you know, use our own um, wit. Use, Use whatever element, right? Not everyone is naturally funny. No. But all of us have a unique personality that there is a thread of something that our friends go, what? What'd you do? What? Yes. And you always are like that. You always, it could be a calming factor. Yes. It could be, it could be that spiritual element. Yes. It could be that edge of laughter that, you know, I call that our breathing time Mm. where we take someone to a, that's my, what I tend to do 
is I know that God is going to provide something that might be heavy for someone, yes. but yes. he always gives me a breathing moment. And it's in that breath that will be a little taste of humor, something that, so everyone can go, okay. That's, I'm okay that's now, so right? important. It's so, you hit on something that is so important, particularly if you have a difficult story. You have to let people up for a breath and a moment of humor. Like you said, just a moment of wit just allows them to go, oh, okay. Okay. We're all good here. I can, okay. Mm-hmm. She's good. because your audience, they care for you and they're worried for you. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is so much trauma and so much trauma. But then when you make them laugh, they realize, okay, you're okay. I can be okay too. So such a good point, such a good point. And that's, that's, you know, I'm, as I'm listening to you and we think about the closing and we're going to summarize, well, we do need to make sure that however we summarize that we have included what we're saying we included in the body of the message Yes, and to make sure we don't go. And then the point on when you didn't cover that point, Did did you cover that? I didn't even hear that. Or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't think I'm throwing you under the bus. No, I don't think I'm throwing you under the bus. I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. How do you handle rabbit trails? Rabbit trails. Well, number I'm one. give you a moment there. Okay. You know, yep. Yeah. I know that you're, I know that your mind is going there because I know that you have dealt with this. And for listeners, I'm talking about when you get up there and your mind is focused on, I'm going from here. Now I'm going over here. And someone asks a question or there's a comment or there's a noise or something happens and immediately your mind goes and tracks straight on what was there. You comment on that and now you're stuck. You got to bring them back. Yeah, you got to bring them back. So touch on that if you would. Absolutely. And I love that you asked this question because I am the world's worst to do this. Let me just tell you, because I'm very interactive with my audience and I'm more of a teacher speaker now than I was in the past. So oftentimes people will ask me questions from the audience and it may not be in my run of show, in my uh, planned teaching. So what I like to do is answer the question and then you as a speaker, as a messenger, You have to be able to bring it back to where you started. So you just Mm -hmm. asked a question and said, how do you deal with rabbit trails? Well, let's bring it back to messaging. I take the rabbit trail, use it for one or two minutes, let it run its pace. So somebody asked a question from the audience that threw you. Answer the question to the best of your ability. If you do not have an answer, just say this. I don't know. It's okay. Mm. And Mm. then bring it back around to your message. And you can do that easily if you are prepared. And here's what I'm going to say. Know your message inside out, front and back, not memorized. Don't stand up there and recite it as if it is a presentation that you're doing Mm -hmm. for a school. But know the heart of what you're talking about. Because if I threw you off your game, Linda, and you were, you were sharing about unforgiveness and I say, well, how do you, how do you forgive so-and-so? How do you forgive somebody if they murder your this, that, or the other? Well, Mm -hmm. at that point, you're going to have to pause 
and say, you know what, that's a great question. And I wish I had a great answer, but I don't have all the answers. But I do know the one who does. And I know that God will give you what you need in that moment. And then I take them back into my journey that I'm taking them on. Now, for me, I was emceeing. And you know, as an MC, you have to be ready for anything because all kind of stuff right. can happen. And I mean, I've had like the speaker not show up and the sound guy mm-hmm. and they're going, okay, we don't know where they are, but you're just going to have to vamp. We'll let you know from the back of the room. And then Linda, I could not see them. The lights were too bright. I couldn't see the back of the room. So so I'm, so you're talking about a rabbit trail. So I'm like just vamping, talking, and I am stepping backwards as I do it, which is not something I normally do, but I need to get back to the edge of the stage and look over to the side to see if they're there. So as a communicator, be flexible, know your message, know it enough to stretch it, know it enough to pause it, know it enough to shorten it because you may step on the stage right before you go on and that event planner grabs your hand. And Linda, I know this has happened to you. It's happened to me. Hey, I need you to cut by 10 minutes. The person ahead of you ran over. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you've been there. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. The best one for me is having a 45 minute presentation and I'm speaking to parents and teachers and young students. And when the person the school is named after shows up, (laughs) odds are he's going to have something to say. Well, my time when he finished, I looked and I had five minutes. Oh. And I said, oh, I knew I didn't memorize what I was going to say. I knew where I was going to start and I knew where I was going to finish. That's right. And I knew who I was speaking to. Yes. And in that time... He took everything that I have and I addressed the teachers. And then I went to the parents and how their presence made the biggest impact on their child and then to the students Mm. and finished so that I didn't get up and say, well, I had a 45 minute presentation, but, but, (laughs) but we don't ever do that preparation for Christian speakers, yeah. our advantage is we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. We have the Holy Spirit, right? Absolutely. Mm. But I'm telling you, 45 to 5, that's a big one. That that's a huge. big one. Now, I also would love to remind people, Linda, because you know, you and I know this, but sometimes speakers say, I had a friend, a dear friend. I love her dearly. She's one of my best friends. She's um, a speaker it, occasionally. She occasionally goes and speaks. And she told me, she said, well, I ran over by 45 minutes. I went, you did what? (gasps) I I was just mortified. She goes, well, I just felt the spirit moving. I said, let me tell you who did not feel the spirit moving. That was the event planner. I said, what Mm. did she have to cut? And she just looked at me and her mouth fell open. And she said, I didn't think Mm. about that. I said, yeah, because what you did is you took somebody else's portion. Mm. So if you're thinking that you're just going to run over and it's not a big deal, you're taking somebody else's spot. And I think we we don't communicate that well. Um, no. Because that gentleman, I mean, obviously, he was the school was named after yes. him. 
Yes. Now you had to give it up, but I've seen other speakers do it, not with any type of malice in their heart. They just weren't well prepared and they didn't know Mm. how to close or how to wrap it Mm. up. So they just rambled. So good. And you're right. When you know your opening and you know your close, yep, you're familiar with your message. You can get from point A to D mm-hmm. and fit it in. And I pray that no one has to do it in five minutes. That's I'm, no. I'm just like don't don't ever don't ever don't ever do that. So you have given us great input here, and so with the message, right? We've gone through the book. Right. We have found our sticky statements. That's right. I love that. So good. And we know the elements of the message. We have to have the opening. We have to have the the meat and potatoes in the middle. And then we have to have the closing because we know that that point that we're going to be making. How do we use our message to and folks, we have to talk about it. It's the elephant in the room. That's right. How do we use our message to drive book sales? Well, Number one, there's nothing wrong with driving book sales. I want everyone within the sound of my voice to hear me. There is nothing wrong to get paid to speak. There is nothing wrong to sell about selling your books because you've worked hard for this. This has been a labor of love, but it's also Mm. an investment. You've, even if you haven't spent one penny of your own money writing your book, you spent a lot of your own time. So Mm. let's talk about how to drive book sales. I love to create something to give away. I want people to come to my book table. I want people to come to me. So I always have something free. Hey, I have something for you. I have a free gift. It could be the three main points in my message and the scriptures to go along with it. Some of the other things that I've encouraged uh, people I work with to do is create, if if you've got a book, can you create a five-day devotional that follows your message? And it's something that they can sign up for. They can come back to the book table because if you get people to your book table, then they enter in a conversation with you. They are much more likely to buy your book. Another thing I love to do is, you know, I've stood up here and I've shared a lot about me and my story and how God moved in my life. But I want to hear about you because you could be on this stage just like me. Because you have a story too. So if you would, I've got a free gift for you back at my table, but you would you at least come back there and at least tell me a little bit of your story? I'd love to hear it. And I say that from the very bottom of my heart, because I know I am standing on that platform because it just happens to be my turn. And that's what God has decided, but it could easily be her turn. And I want to give her an opportunity to share her story with someone. And because people want to know that they matter. So Mm -hmm. getting people to your book table is, I mean, obviously you're going to create this fabulous message with just that appetizer, as we said. So they're going to want to go buy the steak or the pizza or whatever your lobster, whatever your choice of food is. (laughs) Or all the above. I would like all the above. Now I'm hungry. Um, But you want to get them to your table. And also I'm a big proponent of getting them on your email list because I think that you've got more than one book. Okay. So we need to sell them this one, but then we're going to tell them about the next one when it comes out. Mm 
So you need to develop a relationship with everyone you have the opportunity to be in front of. And you do that by creating something of value that they're willing to give up their email address for. Or you know what, if you're old school, you can have them write it down on a piece of paper and you can hand them a postcard with all your information on it and maybe the top three scriptures you shared. But give something of value to your audience. They're worth it. Amen. They are worth it. And we cannot give away more than what God gives. Amen. And we have to trust him in that. Amen. You have given us a lot to consider today and from manuscript to message. And you've given us a format that is bite-sized, that is doable. And that's what we need today. We need to know I can take this. I'm, and I love that you say you don't have to, your talk is not your whole book. Your talk is not your whole anything. It is a portion that's going to feed into the lives of who's listening for just a short moment And knowing that you're going to open this way, you're going to close this way. In between, you have your thread that keeps us connected. Then I like that additional, it's like a PS, like a postscript. When you say, and by the way, you are valuable to me. Yes. And I'm available for you. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to spend some time with you. And if you'll join me at my table, that's giving them direction. It's also, would you agree with this, Mary? When anyone goes in to speak, I feel those in the audience see them as unapproachable. Oh, yes. Because they've attained, quote, or they're perceived as more. Right. And we should be able to help them know that we're there for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that has become exacerbated with just, I see it more now than I did 15 years ago or 20 years ago, as social media has become more and more in our face, that there is this level of, there is those over there and there's us over here. Mm -hmm. And that is Mm -hmm. so not true. Because if I can't approach the speaker, then that's on me. I need Mm -hmm. to believe that that person is there for me. And as a speaker, I need to help them approach me, give them that permission to come on over. I want to spend time with you. I want to get to know you. I want to hear what's going on in your life. You know, you've heard a lot about me. I want to hear about you. So good. And I, yeah, I want, I would want to come and meet you. I would want to come and meet you, Mary, at the, at your Thank table. You. I would take you up on that. And, oh, the stories we could tell. I just oh, say that. we have right? so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> we would have well, too much fun. Talking about fun, mm. there is a fun question I enjoy asking our first-time guests on Your Best Writing Life. Mary Snyder, what? brings you joy? That is such a good question. I have a lot of answers, but I'm going to answer with what's currently bringing me joy in this moment, in the summer, in Alabama, and it's air conditioning. It is absolutely (laughs) air conditioning is bringing me joy because 
It is hot out there. Um, but other than air conditioning, what oh. brings me joy and people don't even, and this is something I, most people don't know is I actually love to paint Ooh. because it enables me to block out everything, Linda, because mm-hmm. when I'm painting, I really don't ever listen. I might listen to some music, but I don't listen to like a podcast or anything like that. And I can't really do anything but paint when I paint. So it's really a time for me to just really quiet my mind and just let the spirit speak. It's so noisy in our world right now. And I love just to pull out a canvas and just do a really bad painting. I didn't say I was good at it. I just said I did it. Um, But I love to just pull out paints and just say, you know what? I'm just going to paint something today because I need to get quiet And even in my prayer time, I struggle with finding quiet. And so that's really a great time for me to just really listen to what God has for me. So good. Just gives me a, just a sweet feeling, just a visual of peace. Yeah. We have to really find it today. Yes. Yes. Noise is, noise is a readily available commodity. Mm. Peace and calm, when we can get it, oh, we need to just meditate in that for a while. So So true. Very good. Very good. Well, I know that you have an amazing giveaway for our listeners today. Tell them what they're going to be getting. Absolutely. I have a checklist to master your message. It is nine elements that you need to make sure you are getting your message down. So it's a simple check. I love a checklist, Linda. I'm a big, I will write things like drink coffee on my checklist because that way I can check it off. Wake up, drink coffee, brush your teeth. But I love to check things off a list because that way I know I'm hitting all the points. So this is a checklist to master your message. Mm, Very good. We'll have that available in our show notes as well as Mary's website, which is Mary R. Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R.com. That's where we're going to want you to go, but I've got the link in the show notes so you have that available. Thank you so much, Mary Snyder, for being here with us today. It has really has been a joy and very informative. Thank you so much. I have loved hanging out with you, and I look forward to doing it again. Oh, you know we will. You know we will. Those whom God has brought together. Wait, that's a totally different concept. It's a totally but different. <laughs> <laughs> but they get us. They get, they, they get us. <laughs> they do get us. They do. And I just thank you, friends, for joining us. I truly do. Please take a moment to share this podcast with another writer or two. And go ahead and give us a star rating. Post a episode review. We love those. And if you haven't done it yet, hit subscribe or follow depending on your podcasting platform. I appreciate you because what you have to say matters as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb and I look forward to being with you on our next episode of Your Best Writing Life.